twelfth day for the holy souls in purgatory, a day of prayer for deceased priests and religious. As the Lord found iniquity even in his angels, many of the priests of the Most High and the spouses of the Lamb may be detained in purgatory. Let us this day fervently pray for their release. First, because being specially consecrated to his service, he will receive more glory from them in heaven. And secondly, because of the succors we derive from them in order to our salvation, while that is the help we receive from them towards our salvation while on earth. And so this meditation is going to talk about uh, making an act, what it calls a heroic act of charity, of offering all of our good works for the souls in purgatory. But a question you might right away have is, well, wait a minute, Father, what if I've already consecrated all my good works to Our Lady? Or the different forms of, of renouncing any use ourselves of, of any value of our prayers and good works and saying, my Lord and my Lady, please dispose of these for those most in need. And so before I read this meditation, realize that the, all of these have something in common, which is saying, I want to prioritize helping those most in need. And so, especially through Our Lady as our Good Mother, saying, I give you everything I have, everything I am. And so whatever value there is to my prayers and good works, please use it for whoever needs help the most. I renounce any control over that, trusting that you as my Good Mother will take care of my own interests. And so people often ask, well, if I make that consecration, does that mean I can't pray for my family because I've given all my prayers for someone else or so forth? No, you can speak with full confidence about any needs and people dear to your heart and be sure that Our Lady and Our Lord will uh, be overly generous with you in those needs. But there is a gratuitous gift that allows them to use your good works for whatever is most in need. So realize that as I read this, you may have done other forms of consecration which are perfectly fine and that, that, that won't diminish what it's talking about here. The heroic act of charity is an offering, a voluntary gift, of all the personal works of satisfaction we may perform during our lives and of all the suffrages we may receive after our death to be applied to the relief of the souls in purgatory. We place all in the hands of the ever-blessed Virgin, praying for her to dispose of them as it may please her in favor of the faithful departed. Though this offering has been approved by several popes, and enriched by many indulgences, some objections have been made to it, which we propose to consider briefly in the following paragraphs. When devout souls are exhorted to this practice, some are wont to reply, we acknowledge that it would be a great charity to the souls in purgatory, and therefore very agreeable to God, but it is a complete surrender of that which we ought to cherish most, our prayers and good works, after disposing of all to the holy souls, what will remain to discharge our own debts? What can we expect at the hour of judgment if we appear before God stripped of all the merits of our Christian life and with hands entirely empty? And then to think that we shall no longer be able to direct our prayers as they, we may desire, either for ourselves or others, for our spiritual or temporal welfare, for our living relatives, friends, and benefactors, Ah, we cannot make such a sacrifice. The apparent force of these objections is based upon a false notion of the heroic act. 
a simple explanation of the teaching of theology on this point will be sufficient to assure us that we shall lose nothing, but in reality gain much by this holy practice. All the acts of our soul when in a state of grace, prayers and good works of every kind, bear a fourfold fruit of merit, of propitiation, of impetration, of expiation, or satisfaction. Therefore, the faithful may, in virtue of a single good work, ask and obtain a favor, appease the anger of God, merit an augmentation of grace here below with a new degree of glory in heaven, and satisfy the divine justice. These four qualities which theology teaches us are proper to each act when one is in a state of grace. Are so many mysterious forces and supernatural powers placed at our disposal by the divine mercy to combat our spiritual enemies and to accomplish our destiny. Now, what does the heroic act require? That we should, that we should despoil ourselves of all the merit of our good works? Not at all. It calls for only the fourth part of our good works in favor of the holy souls, that is the expiatory or satisfactory part. It is this portion with, that we should place in the hands of our Blessed Lady to relieve their sufferings or to deliver them from their torments. The meritorious, the propitiatory, the impetratory portion of our spiritual acts remains in our possession, belongs personally to us, in fact, cannot be applied by way of suffrage. Moreover, the session that we make of the benefits of the holy souls augments in value the fourfold qualities of our actions, since their merit is derived from the charity that inspires them. And how can charity be more fully shown than by voluntarily and through purely supernatural motives, renouncing in favor of our neighbor a spiritual good which belongs to ourselves? Furthermore, we thereby increase our resources a hundredfold, for we do not enlist in our behalf all the souls we thus console, do we not enlist in our behalf all the souls we thus console or release? And who can express the ardor of their gratitude to their deliverers, the promotion of whose welfare has thus become a sacred obligation to them? This multitude of grateful souls, then, will unite their prayers with ours, and God will refuse them nothing. The heroic act has some analogy to the miracle wrought in the desert, whereby Christ fed 5,000 men with five barley loaves and two fishes. That is, he returns to him who had furnished the bread much more than he had originally given. By the charity of this boy, the five barley loaves multiplying under the divine benediction, not only fed the famished thousands as much as they would, but so abundantly what remained filled 12 baskets. Thus it is with the gifts we make to the holy souls. In our hands they are only as five barley loaves, but with the divine benediction they acquire an extraordinary merit and not only benefit thousands of suffering souls, but enrich ourselves a hundredfold. And that's very true, that point he's making there. Two points only in the teachings of theology upon purgatory are illuminated by the ineffable rays of Catholic dogma, the existence of a place of detention, and the fact that the prayers of the living are beneficial to the souls therein. All else is veiled in the greater or lesser obscurity of theological opinions. 
we cannot know what souls are most in need of our prayers or whether those for whom we pray are in purgatory or not. No one can tell in what proportion or according to what law in the divine economy our sufferings are available for those for whom we pray. God indeed respects our intentions and applies our suffrages in accordance with our desires when there is in them nothing contrary to his will. But if the souls for whom we pray are not in purgatory, our suffrages would fall into the common treasure of the church, increasing the sum of satisfactory merits, which are applied by way of indulgence to the souls of men. For God cannot, so to speak, traverse the actual order established by his providence and apply our suffrages himself directly without in some way receiving from us a sort of authorization to do so. So true is it that the suffering souls can be assisted solely by suffrages. God disposes directly neither of our satisfactory merits nor of those which compose the treasure of the church. He passes them over to us. He liberates the souls whom we liberate. He leaves bound those whom we do not unbind, the poor souls whom we forget. It is clear from what has been said above that our suffrages may possibly fail of the object for which we offer them. This can never be the case after we have made the heroic act, our expiatory merits then being placed at the disposal of the Blessed Virgin, who applies them herself according to the will of her divine Son, and who knows all the secrets of that dread place of purification, which are as yet concealed from us. We are left entirely free to pray for any good whatsoever, for our friends, our relatives, our benefactors, living and dead. And the good God will not fail to hear our prayers according to our intentions, so long as they are conformed to his holy will. Those then that make the heroic act of charity need have but one anxiety, to multiply the suffrages which they entrust to our Blessed Mother. And now a prayer, uh, a poem prayer from Cardinal Newman. Help, Lord, the souls which thou hast made, the souls to thee so dear, in prison for the debt unpaid of sin committed here. These holy souls they suffer on, resigned in heart and will, until thy high behest is done and justice has its fill. For daily falls, for pardon crime, they under joy to undergo the shadow of thy cross sublime, the remnant of thy woe. Oh, by their patience of delay, their hope amid their pain, their sacred zeal to burn away, disfigurement and stain. Oh, by their fire of love, not less, in keenness than the flame. Oh, by their very helplessness, oh, by thy own great name. Help, Lord, the souls which thou hast made, the souls to thee so dear, in prison for the debt unpaid, of sin committed here. And lastly, a one-paragraph uh, account of something in the life of St. Gertrude. St. Gertrude, having made a donation of all her satisfactory works to the souls in purgatory, the demon appeared to her a short time before her death and mocked her, saying, How vain thou art, and how cruel thou hast been to thyself! For what greater pride can there be than to wish to pay the debts of others without paying one's own. Now, now we shall see the result. 
When thou art dead, thou wilt pay for thyself in the fires of purgatory. And I will laugh at thy folly whilst thou weepest for thy pride. Then she beheld her divine spouse approaching, who consoled her with these words. In order that you may know how agreeable your charity for the souls of the departed has been to me, I remit to you now all the pains of purgatory which you might have suffered. And as I have promised to return you a hundred for one, I will further increase your celestial glory abundantly, giving you a special recompense for the charity which you have exercised toward my beloved souls in purgatory by renouncing in their favor your works of satisfaction. Would you be willing to help thousands of families throughout the world, including children, teenagers, parents, grandparents, people from Israel to Uganda, to Germany, to Indonesia, to India, to Canada, to Saudi Arabia, to Colombia, and to so many other countries? I earnestly ask you to please take the next seven and a half minutes to let me lift the veil on what you can expect to see if you choose to contribute. Every day we come together to pray the rosary, thousands of families from around the world, praying for those most in need and asking Our Lady to help us in imitation of the children of Fatima to strive for holiness. In addition, our team is working to make available the month-long series that we've begun for the souls in purgatory, the continuation of the first Saturday series, and a series on the lives of the saints and some of their miracles. We hope to also launch the preparatory work on some more extended projects, such as an introduction to prayer as taught by St. Alphonsus Liguori, or a mini retreat for children, according to the wisdom of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and perhaps even a year-long series of talks for children. But all of this will take a lot of behind-the-scenes work from our staff, including all the preparatory work and many hours of video production and editing. Your contributions would make this work possible, but they would also make possible something that is a great joy for me to announce. These past seven months, the team has been working hard to put together the necessary master plan, personnel, and design for a chapel to be the home of this Our Lady of Fatima Rosary Crusade. I'm very pleased to announce that your contributions will help us build a beautiful stone chapel in imitation of the Holy House of Loretto, the Holy House in Nazareth, in which Our Lady, St. Joseph, and Our Lord lived and worked, and that was later miraculously carried by angels to Loretto, Italy, where it has been one of the most visited shrines in all of Europe. We will build from local limestone and wood a chapel matching the dimensions and feel of the Holy House of Loretto, so that it might be a constant reminder and help to turn our hearts and minds towards the life of the Holy Family in Nazareth. Behind the chapel will be some priestly housing, God willing not only for myself, but also guest lodging for two or three additional priests. But in front of the chapel, we hope to have a large enclosed garden, surrounded by covered walkways for prayer and meditation. And in the center of the garden, a statue of the angel of Fatima giving Holy Communion to the three shepherd children. 
several plans are in the works for the stone walls along the covered walkways. For example, we hope to obtain a first-class relic of St. Philomena and to have an altar and small shrine with the relic where people could come to pray and invoke her intercession. I should mention that while my sincere hope and my belief is that you will be able one day to come visit this chapel in person, I cannot yet guarantee that. But in faith, we feel called to go forward and build this enclosed garden with its devotional spaces, trusting in what God will make possible. Though this is a large project, it is also quite doable and doable soon, as I will explain in a moment. But first, I have one other piece of good news. A few months ago, and without touching any of the funds given for the Ave Philomena project, two metal buildings were acquired thanks to the generosity of a number of you. Located near the property, these buildings are now being converted into guest lodging for two priests, as well as myself, an office, and a chapel, in which, by Christmas I hope, I will already be able to lead the daily rosary kneeling once again in front of an altar with the Blessed Sacrament. While some funds are still needed to finish the chapel, the work is progressing quite well. My sincere thanks to all of you who made this possible. It will allow much good work for souls to already take place. And once the Holy House of Loretto Chapel is built, it can become retreatant housing or serve in other ways for the good of souls. But right now, I need to ask you for your financial help. If you choose to do so, you can help thousands of families around the world on a daily basis, including through future programs such as teaching families and children how to pray, the continuation of the First Saturday series, and other programs. You will also help build a beautiful stone chapel in imitation of the Holy House of Loretto, a beautiful enclosed garden for prayer and devotion, and lodging for priests. And all of this is very doable if you will help. Concretely, I would ask two things of you. First, that you earnestly consider making monthly contributions for the next 12 months. If one half of our Rosary Crusade made monthly contributions for these next 12 months, I'm firmly convinced that you would see the walls of the chapel already rising and that this is going to be really the key to the project. Second, that you make a one-time contribution, if possible, during the next nine days. For the Ave Philomena project to be fully realized, we might also need some large donors, but I'm confident that those will come if each one of us takes now the steps that we can in giving what we can. As always, all I ask is that you take a few moments to pray and sincerely ask God if He is calling you to help in this way. These are hard economic times, and I'm conscious that some of you will not be able to contribute financially. If so, that is perfectly fine. But my sense is that most of you can contribute something, even something, every month. And I think it would be a great joy for all of you to see this work on behalf of souls, including the work of building the chapel, go forward. I will now leave that in God's hands. May His will be done. Lastly, as to how to contribute, to make this as simple as possible, please follow two simple indications. One, if you are already contributing to Regina Andrelorn Press on a monthly basis, and there are a small number of you doing this, and I'm extremely grateful to all of you. 
it would be a great help if you could continue to do this for the coming 12 months. But for everyone else, and for any one-time contributions, please make monthly and one-time contributions to Ave Philomena, which is a nonprofit corporation and which should, in the coming months, also receive tax-exempt status. Once again, if you are currently giving monthly to Regina Angelorum Press, it would be a great help if you were able to continue doing so for the coming 12 months. For everyone else, and for one-time donations, please donate to Ave Philomena. Whatever you may decide, please accept my heartfelt gratitude for considering this appeal. I very much look forward to seeing these projects go forward in the coming year. I'll look forward to praying the Holy Rosary with you tomorrow. God bless you.